0: Hello, and welcome to Balance and Bottom Lines with Rebecca. Today's episode is focused on mental well-being. Joining us today is April Starks. April is proud to be a servant leader in our community. She is the Chief steward Officer of Olive Tree Resources and owner of ALS LLC, a certified SBA, women-owned small business. Her three core values, embracing, empowering, and elevating, are displayed in her three core services, counseling, training, and mediation. Welcome, April.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate you for allowing me to be on this episode with you.
0: Yes. I'm truly honored to have such an amazing woman on this podcast, supporting individuals, but especially women, women in and outside the community, something I'm super passionate about. I love your three core values. How did you come up with that?
1: Well, interestingly, I um, looked kind of over the course of my career and saw a common thread in pretty much every uh, job that I've had, um, any encounter that I allowed myself or endeavor to be a part of. um, These three words just stood out that there was constantly uh, an emphasis upon embracing individuals, uh, specifically leaders, because I personally feel like we all have some aspect of leadership within us. And it really hits home for me when it comes to teens because I want them to see that earlier, sooner than later. Um, And so uh, embracing individuals where they are, no judgment, no um, particular um, preconceived notion of the individual, but literally embracing them right where they are and allowing through those encounters that empowerment, just automatically evolves from that because I always strive to give. I, I live by the motto of Maya Angelou. She said, when you learn, you, will, you should want to teach. Like, there should be something in you that wants to teach. And when you get, there should be something in you to give. And so I always want to do that. So... Um, I operate in the aspect of empowerment in some shape, form, or fashion. And then to elevate people, to allow them to be to a place where they feel most comfortable or where they want to stand and to be, not necessarily where I want, but where they feel elevated so I can celebrate them. And that involves sometimes literally in my head, because I'm very analytical in the sense of I need visuals. But when I think about elevation, I literally think about an elevator. There are people that may jump on with me for just a ride to the second floor, and they get off, right? And then I may meet another person, and we go further together, and they may be with me until we get up to the 30th floor. And so I recognize that, that sometimes people are in and out, but that's the goal. You just elevate them to where they need to be. It might have just been for the second floor for one person, and the other person needed to ride with you a little longer. so that's where it came from. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I feel like it's a part of my life's purpose. And uh, I just love, that's what I kind of thrive off of, empowering, yeah. um, embracing, empowering, and elevating.
0: Yeah. I, lo- I love it. Truly, truly love it. I mean, empowering, the words that you, those three words that you chose are words that I use on the regular, um, you know, especially empowering people, um, giving them the tools that they need. Uh, I do a lot of training and coaching and developing in my role in banking. Um, yeah. So that's something I truly pour into people. It's something I'm passionate about um, and meeting people where they are, because everyone's not in the same place or the same headspace. So being able to work with them where they are is truly important. I, I love that. And then you're right. I mean, elevating, helping them get to the next level Um, you know, I love to do deep dive conversations, you know, where where do you see yourself in the next three, in the next five, in the next 10 years, especially with those younger um, individuals you brought, brought that piece up. And yes, I truly love helping um, them grow and evolve and learn and just seeing them succeed in life. And, you know, just to kind of tap into, you mentioned you know there are so many resources available now for the younger generation that mm-hmm. that were not available when I was younger. Um, you know, and it is amazing how far we have come with that and the help that is out there for those individuals in need. And truly, even those that aren't in need can utilize the services. And it's so important just to have that unbiased person to talk through, you know, something, whatever it is that you're going through. Um, And especially in those teenage years, it's critical. It's critical. Let's dive in. Yeah. Let's dive into your journey as a therapist and and why you're so passionate about it. Where where did it come from and how did you start?
1: Well, if you don't mind, I want to thank you because to your point of your desire to empower people, I can honestly say that um, I am a person that you display that to. And I want to thank you for that. You may not realize that, but times that you have invited me to networking sessions, and sometimes I'm feeling uncomfortable, and I'm getting out of my comfort zone. Uh, and in your own special way, you were meeting me where I was, and you allowed me to have a space. You invited me to the space to um, have those empowering moments. I have met some great people, even you know, one session you had invited me to, I met someone that actually impacted me and then in turn impacted some of the young people I was working with. So you built a whole connection, not realizing uh, that. So I wanted to acknowledge that and thank you um, for that opportunity. So yes, you are true to your word that you love to do that. I'm a a living witness.
0: That that warms my heart. That truly does because You are not, you know, not to toot my horn, but you're not the first person that has told me that. And I'm a person that I want everyone to feel included. I'm very much about being included. And so there's many people I've met, you know, you bring networking where we've been in events and someone will walk up, you know, when I'm having a conversation with another individual and I'll turn, I actually turn my foot and open my body to them to make sure that they know they are welcome and they are included in the conversation. I didn't realize I did that until a few people brought that up. And, and I want people to, to grow, to learn, to feel included, to so thank you. I mean, truly, truly from the heart. That is exactly who I am.
1: Yeah, that is who you are genuinely. And I, I really appreciate you for that. And that That speaks to even that well-being part because everyone wants to feel that level of inclusion in some way. My husband and I, we always um, tease each other about the theme song for Cheers, the show, Cheers. Like everybody wants to be somewhere where they feel like someone's their friend, right? Everybody's their friend or they can feel a part of it. And that is essential for our well-being. Um, that social interaction and how much we can empower back to that key word, we empower each other and that self-healing component begins to happen even for us emotionally, mentally. Um, and it brings that well-being. Um, and I think I'll move into answering your question. Thank you for asking that. What drove me to to go into this path um, of counseling and that is <clears throat> I felt like I wanted to be what I what I needed. That's where it stemmed from. And I was going through a very difficult time. Um, there was a space in my life and it was hard and I didn't really understand. And I said, you know, I think I want to just go into counseling to to get my master's and maybe to help me. I really just was being self-centered at the moment because I wanted it to really help me understand some things. And in turn, maybe it would evolve into something. But I felt like I wasn't ready for that because I was so kind of broken And I can honestly say throughout my coursework um, to receive my master's, it was for me. Day one in the first class, the professor says, listen, I need you all to get a counselor yourself because there's no way you're going to make this in the profession. Every counselor needs a counselor. It's important for you to have that space. And if I did not have that push by going through that program, I probably would have never explored even getting help for myself. So out the gate, I knew I was like, "This is perfect just for me." Um, so I got the help that I needed to work through some things and progression into um, the coursework. I literally had textbooks that had my personal tears in it because those words in the book were speaking directly to me, and so I had a whole healing process in getting my degree. And it even took me a couple years after I got my master's to even start the work of helping others because it was honestly for me and so i'm glad i took that opportunity for myself which allowed me to have some lived experience and educational experience to then help people and to be what i needed for myself as a teenager also, as a parent, because when I first had my my oldest son, I thought I was going to lose it as well because I didn't know what to do. I felt so lost. I felt so alone. I was going through postpartum depression and I had to work through it and I didn't go get help um, because I think that speaks to even a lot of cultural things for me and my family background. And being a young girl, I share this story with people all the time and even my clients to make them feel comfortable in their first visit with me. That I was very hesitant to go talk to someone because I remember when I was about eight or nine years old, I went to the babysitter's house and shared something from my home, like something that happened. And my babysitter told my mom, well, when I got home, I got a spanking for talking, like for saying it. And I just remember my mom's exact words. She was like, you never repeat things in my house that was said in my house. So from a young girl, I was muted. Mm -hmm. Don't talk. You won't tell. And then I associated talking and telling with, you're going to get a spanking. Mm -hmm. So with that scenario, who's going to go to talk to a counselor, right? You're not going to do that. You've been taught and conditioned that we don't do that. And mm-hmm. so that's why I strive to be what I felt like I needed. And so my mom, she didn't know. I mean, that's probably how she was raised and how she was taught to to do. But um, when we know better, we do better. And so I'm glad that I gave myself permission to do better. And now I utilize it to help other people to unmute themselves, to share, to talk, and to know that
0: their voice is valued. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that and and truly, I mean, being able to walk through that experience probably makes you a better therapist because you went through that. Um, and then, you know, having one yourself, I'm sure that helped provide you the tools that you needed and that personal experience to help others. So, you know, there, there is a saying, and I truly believe it, you, you've got to help yourself first. Before you can help others. If we're not in a good headspace. We can't be there for others. You know. And and I tell a lot of. You know. People. My staff that I have. Uh, family members. I'm like. You've got to take care of you. Or you're not going to be able to be there for the children. For the ones that need you. So you've got to do. Physically and mentally the things. So that you can. So that you can cope and deal. I mean. Life's hard. I mean. Let's be honest. Life uh-huh. is hard. Yes. Um. Yeah. So really talking to someone, it truly, truly helps. Um, What are some services that that you provide at Olive Tree Resources as well as, you know, ALS, LLC?
1: Yeah. So for um, Olive Tree Resources, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and it was strategically set up that way so that we can serve um, in a modest means to no cost service model that we provide desire to function in so that no one's turned away so that people can get services that they need that the teens no teen is ever turned away i don't care if that parent doesn't have the money that it's not the issue here it's going to be for them to get the services that they need and we strive to fulfill those um financial needs through grants through fundraising, through sponsors who support and believe in what we're striving to do. And we try to keep it at a modest means rate as well. So that if people don't have insurance or they feel that they can't um, afford other services, they can at least come and get services that are affordable for them through all of true resources. Um, And that includes the counseling piece. We also have a teen life leadership development and mentorship program um, that is for middle school and high school age students. It helps them um, begin to navigate what it looks like for their future careers and and job placement. So many of them, I was so proud of them this summer. So many of them got their first job. So um, we were able to take them through their interviewing skills and um, their resume and different tools that they need. And I will say this with that part, just throw that in there, because our local schools have some phenomenal programs that meet those needs. But I always tell people everybody plays a part and working together works because although some of our educational um, foundations have these programs in the school, we're still missing some gaps of students. And so, if other entities offer those services, that's okay. That's still good. We're still all working together. Um, and I like to bring that up because some people think, well, hey, it's a duplication of services. They have that at school. But I'll tell you, these students right here, somehow, some way, I don't know, they weren't connected with the services at the school. And so, we would have missed them if those services weren't available at all of True Resources. So it's not a competition. It's just that we're working together to make sure we're the net is probably expanded, that we're not missing individuals. Um, So I love that we're able to provide that as an alternative, but I do give kudos because it is available in schools. I want people to know that as well, because our schools do a good job with providing those services. But Teen Life offers that. It allows them to showcase if they have a, a skill, if they're, an artist or um, some of them want to start their own businesses. And so every September, we have a what we call a Teen Harvest Showcase. And they're able to showcase whatever their particular passion is. And this past year, we did it at Farmer's Market. It was great. They enjoyed that exposure. Um, so those are some of the programming things that we offer for the teens. And then we have um, different trainings that we may offer for them Um, to enhance maybe communication skills. We've done things like paint and smoothie, and they love that event. uh, That allows them to get some creativity flowing up, as well as deal with some of the social, emotional um, traumas that our young people have post-2020. They have not wanted to really be in crowds or um, social anxiety has went up like it's heightened so we strategically have events so that they can come together in small group settings and begin to help work through some of those um, difficulties and feel more comfortable engaging in social settings um, through what we offer and then we have mediation services because some families need that mediation piece they may not need the counseling i always say mediation is like the cousin of counseling um because it, it is where, like, the counseling is for you to make sure that you're working on you and having your self-care component. And then the mediation piece is how to have a healthy, structured care with others. So we have someone help mediate the two situations to come to mutual agreement. So they kind of work hand in hand.
0: Yeah. I mean, you all were quite a bit. I, I really love how, you know, you are helping that, that elevate word comes back to me. You are helping the children, you know, elevate themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those social skills are so important. Um, communication, you know, I don't know if this is something that has contributed to the so lack of social skills that we have in our society, but what do you think about, um, you know, cell phone usage and... Um, social media and things of that nature do you feel like that's played a a major role in that lack of social um, ability yes because it's easier to talk to
1: you know someone on the device than actually have them face to face with you uh and the time frame that they uh the young people had to stay at home, it just increased it more because that was their only social outlet because they weren't going to school. And so the screen time definitely increased um, for them to have those interactions. And so now when you're just sitting in the room with your peers, it's hard to put your phone down. And it's like, but they're right here. Can we have a conversation in the present time, like real time together? and they could be sitting on the same couch and be on the phone um and not having that time together and so yes it has definitely impacted that and then teaching the balance of when to put it down Mm -hmm. and give yourself i always say give yourself permission because we have to like really hammer that to let ourselves know that we have the power of choice to say, I'm per- giving myself permission to put my phone down for this 30 minutes that we're eating dinner at the restaurant or at our dining room table and don't even bring it to the table. It's, it's the choice and conscious awareness every single time for them. And so even when you're dealing with adolescents and they're already trying to develop that frontal lobe decision making portion of our brain then we have to be the reinforcers because they haven't solidified that difference between right and wrong all the time fully. Um, and we have to say, well, put it, you're not bringing it to the, you know, leave it in the car until we leave old Charlie's or wherever <laughs> And then my daughters huffing and puffing and you got to bring them out and pull them in and let them know it's going to be okay. Like 30 minutes without your phone, like you're still gonna
0: be fine. You're going to be okay. <laughs> it's a whole counseling process, right? So just... <laughs> Yes, it truly is like that, and I, you know, not even just children, but adults. You know, when you're sitting in somewhere, it's like you constantly have to be, you know, even my work is plugged up to my phone, and so you know, it's like I'm constantly checking emails. I get those email alerts, and it's like, ooh, I need to do this, or I've got to take yeah. care of this, and uh-huh. um, you know, it's a constant, like constantly on. And I've found days. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this or had anyone who has, but there's been days where like by the end of the day, I've been on so much that I just, I feel it like literally can feel it that, and it's, it's not good. And so I have now set times, you know, in the evening, um, you know i don't my phone is up for the night unless you know a family member can call through if it's Mm -hmm. an emergency but my phone goes up i'm not on my phone after certain times in the evening i have set some boundaries for myself because i too can be guilty of that and you know i know the increase of anxiety depression Mm and Um, you know, sleep disturbances from being on the blue light screen late at night. Um, You know, it's just, and it's unhealthy, but you know, that is the society that we are in. It's, it's moving faster than we are moving. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you couple that with, you know, oh my gosh, did I get a like? Oh, nobody liked my post or nobody liked my picture or, you know, the filters. I mean, uh, the filters is something that I truly, it, saddens me because it has given so many people this false sense and and unfortunately there's so many younger and and older you know i'm I'm in my 40s women that are trying to live up to this you know un Ex, this this expectation that is not achievable without plastic surgery or something That's of that right. nature and mm-hmm. it has just caused a, a trickle effect of people being unhappy with themselves. it's it's truly sad.
1: yes, um, yes. yeah and it can impacts our our mental well-being. So we do have to set those boundaries and I agree with you, uh, not just adolescents but our you know as adults myself in my 40s I have to watch and make conscious decisions to give myself breaks from my phone and one thing for example like even we we did something non-traditional for Christmas we just took a little vacation we didn't do gifts and stuff we just took a little vacation and I told myself no phone like I'm not answering anything I'm not going to call anybody I told ta- I told all the people that I know that I constantly talk to pretty much on a daily please forgive me, but just know for the whole week, you won't hear from me. If you text me, I probably am not going to text you back. If you call me, then I'll know it's an emergency. And how so how whole, did you feel? I felt very relaxed. Yeah, I didn't feel the pressure of like looking and looking and seeing. And and I just allowed myself that whole week to not be on my phone. And it was very, very refreshing. So, we, we just have to set those boundaries from time to time and give ourselves a vacation or give ourselves a break or set those um, things on our phone. Like my phone at a certain time, I believe it's about nine. It sends me a message. They start winding down and I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then I believe I have it set for 10 that it goes to do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, setting those boundaries, I'm sure that's something you talk about with your clients, you know, send, setting those, you know, just small, but, instrumental boundaries within their day and allowing you use the word you know allowing yourself telling yourself that it's okay i mean that's super important to do um exactly so it sounds like you have a lot of resources available um we've talked a lot on the, the kid sign which is absolutely awesome um, you know, for the adults, um, you know, you offer resources and it also sounds mm-hmm. like you do some, some coaching and some, some personal development with them, which is pretty awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you speak
0: a little bit about that part?
1: Yes, we have our um, power parenting sessions. Um, that individuals enjoy and it helps them because we know there's no cookie cutter process to this parenting thing uh, <laughs> I have a 21 year old 20 year old and a 16 year old and I'm still learning i'm I'm learning so much from my daughter right now um and things that I did not encounter with my boys and so um i'm I'm always looking for opportunities to learn uh, as a parent and so, Power stands for parents overcoming wisdom, education and resources. So we can utilize our wisdom from the times that we were 16. Now that she's 16, I'm like, I kind of remember what it looked what it was. Uh and then we have to use those educational pieces. That's where the training comes in, you know, just getting um resources from different areas and people. Like you said, there's a lot of things out there for us. Um, and then utilizing those resources for us as parents is important. So the power parenting sessions are really well. We do personality assessments for adults that help on an, on a personal level as far as your family or your interrelational um, interactions with others as well as your professional career. So it's, it's multifaceted in what it can do for you um, as an adult. So we utilize that. And then we do have professional development um, workshops. We have wealth empowerment uh, opportunities for people so that they can keep before them the power of generational wealth and not just live for now, but for the future. And so we've had workshops to get people thinking about, you know, their will and uh, it doesn't mean you're passing tomorrow if you it means you're you're planning for your legacy, you're planning for your children. you're planning you know to make sure that everything is safe and secure and the decisions that you desire are not left up to someone else. So yeah. we try to offer that as well for um, our adults and and our um, young adults to get them started. We have what we call thrive sessions for our young adults. For them to think about and be proactive about their future uh, decisions and um, with ALS is the for-profit portion ALS LLC is the for-profit portion of Olive Tree resources and in that sector we deal with government entities We um, strive to get government contracts so that we can provide those professional development opportunities Uh, because my background is in government as well. So I I had to stay true to uh, something that was dear to me. Uh, My major in undergrad was government um, and economics. And so I knew I would be doing something that pertained to that. So I still utilize everything that God has allowed me to be a part of. Um, so the government contracts are part of the ALS LLC, and we work with like nonprofit organizations and churches to provide services for them as well through that side um, for organizations who can afford that. So the nonprofit is for our community and to make sure it's affordable and the services we have are available. And the for profit side is to build up our professional community and our government entities
0: that's awesome well I didn't know that you're you had a background in government as well so mm-hmm. you're gonna be the the next elected official I don't know about that I, I think I like just working with the people
1: without probably a lot of the other aspects of it involved um the day-to-day the really uh,
0: the politics the politics yes yes <laughs> yes
1: um, so I I enjoy working with the people in that way So even my government experience was um, with bankruptcy court. And so it dealt with that financial piece, which I enjoy. So bankruptcy court court was where I served for 10 years. Um, And so that was just impactful to me because I realized that sometimes people do fall on hard times. And that particular structure of our government was set up to give relief. And so we know that there's some people who may misuse it but it's a need. And Mm -hmm. for those who need it, it is phenomenal opportunity for them to restart and have a fresh opportunity to get things in order financially for themselves. Um, And then the other five years of my government time was in district court and I worked with a lot of um, prisoners, unfortunately, who were serving time in the federal system, which that's, you know, that's the highest level. So Mm -hmm. it's not, Not pleasant um but that experience helps me to walk in compassion for um some situations for individuals and uh help even our younger individuals to recognize that's a place they don't want to go yeah
0: yeah absolutely i think you know it's great that you brought that up but that financial piece um you know that experience with working in the bankruptcy court i'm sure has that's what's kind of carried over to where you want to help people from not just the mental um mm-hmm. but it's you know it's it's a whole one-stop shop um all well-being and you know that financial piece is is a part of well-being because how many people are stressed out because they can't pay their bills or why do people miss work or call in sick you know that Financial is a major stressor in in a lot of people's lives. So truly, um, I love what you're doing and integrating that piece because it is so important. Yeah, and and you're right. Um, you know there are people that abuse those uh, avenues that we do have. Um, but there are people that do fall on unfortunate times, Please. and it's it's great that it is there for them. That. Um, That's right. Being in the, in the background that I have, you know, in the lending and the financial piece. Um, I've been in a little over 20 years and, and I've dealt with folks that have gone through bankruptcy and I've done collections myself and, mm-hmm. um, worked with attorneys and, and garnishments and, you know, it, that is a hard place to come from as well when I know I have to move forward on a garnishment on someone when yes. I know what you're going through, okay. um, you know, but things don't stop, um, unfortunately. Um, we can't just press the pause button on some folks and um, not to push them and down that avenue. but a lot of it you have that resource and you've kind of intertwined that into your your counter therapy. So that's phenomenal. So yes. phenomenal. What yeah, are... our goal
1: our well, our goal is to try to have practical programming that can assist individuals with the steps that they need to come out of those particular aspects that impact our mental well-being, um, opposed to just telling them, hey, this is what you need to do. If we have a program that they can then integrate the actual practice of it, then it only enhances them to actually be accountable to the process. Um, So that's how we try to do that. And I wanted to mention this real quick because I thought it was so awesome that you bought the fact that financial is a part of that wellness piece. I want to just mention to the the individuals who will be listening in, so thank you all for listening in, the eight dimensions of wellness. The eight dimensions of wellness are vocational, social, physical, environmental, intellectual, spiritual, emotional, and financial. So if you look at all eight of those aspects of your life, then you can see in the center, if you were to see the diagram of this um, breakdown, in the middle middle is wellness. So if we ever feel like we're off, and it's like something like I'm off balance, you can hit those eight areas and see, ah, physically I'm off balance right now. That's one thing I can work on to help my wellness um, reset a little bit for myself. Um, so. Those are things you can look at. You can look and say, well, intellectually right now, I'm not feeling that I'm really engaged. Maybe the circle of individuals that I'm currently um, engaged with or that I'm constantly with are not intellectually challenging me. So I need to find me a different. I need to go. I need to go to Rebecca's networking session because there's going to be people there who's going to tap into my intellectual stimulation. And then I'm going to feel like, wow, I feel so much better. My wellness balance it out. So just those who would like to consider that, just look at those eight dimensions and just see where you feel like you're off. And then we can, you know, you can see and adjust what needs to be enhanced.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm going to have to get with you after this to, to, to talk about that or you don't mind sharing oh. that with me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I agree, like that spiritual piece, you know, this year for me, I don't really do New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. um, but this year for me, my focus was diving in a little bit more spiritually. I feel like I've I've really tapped into some of those other areas that you've mentioned, um, but that piece was something, you know, there's a big difference for me um, going to church um, and you don't have to go to church. It's, it's not about mm-hmm. that, but it's about being with a group amongst a group of people um worshiping it's much different than sitting at home watching on tv which i do from time to time you know Mm -hmm. forgive me but i'm gonna admit uh, yes i do you know our lives are busy but i want to make sure that that remains a key focus for me is making sure that i'm serving um to the best of my ability and that i'm being the best that i can be um and able to give back to others He's so i'm awesome. filling my jar and that is part of it so my focus this year was you mm-hmm. know i want to be able to at least once a month make sure that i'm going out to worship and surround myself with other people you okay. never know who you're gonna meet um you know i mean you don't know where that relationship might take you i'm, I'm not saying we're going out you know in the dating room or anything like okay. that as far as me yeah. I'm just saying for them to elevate you, you talked about that um, mental well-being and that uh, intellectual piece, Um, you know, and meeting other people that are doing like-minded things or doing good things for the community and they're evolving and they're not seem stagnant though. Those are the folks that I want to be surrounded by. So I want to put myself in situations to be surrounded by those people that are doing those good community or elevation of themselves. And yes. I'm not saying that just because you don't go to church, you know, again, I meet people like you mentioned where they are. That doesn't mean that you're not doing good things for the community or, you know, everybody has their own way um, of worshiping or, you know, speaking to the gra- a greater source or higher power. Uh, but that's been a focus for me this year. And so I felt like that was off for me. And I'm like, I've got to right. into that. You know, that is a, a core piece that that I need in my life. Um, and that mm-hmm. has helped me, you know, talk about things that have helped people through things. Um, you know, there's been times we've all experienced, you know, probably childhood traumas. Um, some mm-hmm. a lot worse than others. But I don't know that there's anybody on the planet that has had a perfect childhood. Mm-hmm. I, I love- mean, like be real. You know, we all have experienced things. Um, And I'm not saying my story is worse than others, but I had things that I needed to work through. And, you know, throughout my life, I have talked with therapists. I'll be 100% open with that. And to me, um, it truly was a godsend to have someone that is an unbiased source to talk with. Um, it made a huge difference in, in me being able to see the bigger picture of what I was going through at the time and to work through that versus talking to a family member that may have been involved in the situation in some way, shape or form or, you know, not able to really look at it from my perspective and what I went through during that time. So, you know, what do you feel like some of the benefits of having a therapist are
1: Wow. You you said it best. I think that's a great point that you have a neutral party. Someone who's not involved or know anything about it per se. Um, and also is not going to have probably the emotional tie to it because, you know, they've grown up with you or they're your cousin or, you know, the closeness there, the familiarity. So uh, to have that neutral voice is important. Um, as well as someone who's skilled in listening. Sometimes, unfortunately, our family is a source of some of that trauma. Um, and, and not intentionally at times. Um, but once again, back to my point about parents and, and us just learning because there's no cookie cutter in the process. We just get better as time goes on. Um, I, I, I had to learn how to be a good listener. And... People who are in the profession, if they have begin the process of continuing to master that skill, they should be good at that. And so for you to be able to go to someone that can listen to you and to hear you and to provide um, opportunities to work through that and show you the empowerment that you have, um, that's important. Because sometimes people dearest to us don't have the skill. It's not that they don't want to assist they just don't have the skill to do it because they haven't gone and gotten their degree or taken the time through classes and um, practicums and things like that to learn that and to master it. So it's important. It's important. And people should be open to that. I think after the pandemic, it has put it to the forefront that pretty much all of us need it. And there are some that are still hesitant because there's stigmas behind it, such as myself when I told you what I dealt with. Some people have dealt with harsher things than that that makes them say, no way, I'm not going to a counselor. I will never do that. Um, But hopefully through their walk, something will help them. And I'm proud of the younger generation because they're at a stage where they can understand that it's okay to make it a life practice for them. If they start now, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. It means that you're actually being proactive in your well-being. And once people get that concept, it will be just as routine as going for your annual cleaning of your teeth. So I always share this analogy too with my clients to make them feel comfortable on the first visit. Like, hey, how old are you? And if somebody, let's just say they're 35. If you hadn't gone through the de- gone to the dentist for 35 years, what would your mouth look like? Like, what would your smile look like? What would your gums be going through? How many cavities would you have? A lot. 35 years and you've never gone to the dentist? Well, what do we do if you're 35? What do, what do we do for our brain? What do we do for our mental wellness? We don't have check-ins. We have physicals. We go get physicals done. People go get immunizations. They say routine with a whole lot of things. But we don't say routine with our checkups in regards to our mental health. That's not fair to our brain. One of the most powerful functioning organs in our body. You know what I'm saying? The, The most needful thing to keep us going, like our car engine. If we didn't do an oil change on our car, man, you can mess up a nice vehicle by not getting an oil change. So we don't want to do it, Do that to our brain. We don't want to do that. Go check in, have those talks, be able to share. And sometimes it may need to be more consistent based on what you're dealing with. And sometimes it could just be on a per-needed basis, depending on how well you're going or how well you're doing. Um, so keeping that in mind for people, and that is important. So don't have your... Your checks checkups in all other areas of your life, and you don't do it with your mental health. Keep that on your list of healthcare needs because it is a need and should be important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's perfect analogy. Everything you just said, I mean, it truly makes sense, and you are a hundred percent correct. Um, yeah. You know, one thing that has made me think about is there was a time that I was going through some severe anxiety. I'll admit I've had anxiety, you know, especially the last, um, probably 12 years of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, not sure of the culprit of it. Um, you know, childhood trauma coupled with, you know, marriage, divorce, kids, financials, work, stress. Uh, put an additional stress on my body because I'm very type A, you know, I don't know, you know, just a multiple facet thing here. Um, But, you know, was dealing with, you know, some anxiety and um, had my first panic attack when my husband, he had a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. He is fine. Um, It it was benign. Um, He did have to go through radiation. But during that surgery, it was a 10, 10 hour, 10 plus hour surgery. And um, I was just completely stressed. We were just worried. He was 40 at the time. So this was 2018. Um, And so I felt this, um, my adrenaline, something coming on and ended up having a panic attack. And so I went back to therapy after that um, to kind of work through what's going on. You know, I've got to get this out. Um, And so that's when I started to dive into some childhood things. just. Just things that yeah. I had uh, experienced through my life, but during that session, um, you know, we we focused too on a gratitude journal. Um, you mm-hmm. know, because that anxiety, you know, I needed to feed my brain with things that that weren't just worry and negativity all the time. I needed to start feeding it positive. And so, you know, you can correct me here because I'm I'm not a therapist, but your brain, you know, you have information coming in and going out, and it takes far more positive feeding in your brain to outweigh that negative that's coming in. I don't remember the ratio if there is one, um, but when I started doing that gratitude journal, um, it really helped, and it would be things from, you know, I'm glad to have running water today. I was yeah. glad that I'm, you know, I'm I'm truly blessed to be able to wash my my clothes and brush my teeth. You know, it was starting to really think about things that we may take for granted, um, that others may not even have or have access to. And so when I started doing that, it truly, um, really helped me get into a better frame of mind uh, because mindset is is so important. Um, uh-huh. You know, is that something that you do with your clients, you know, that gratitude journal? And and do you feel like that's something that really helps?
1: Yes, very much so. Um, Because what you've just explained um, is the beautiful aspects of our brain through neuroscience. And if I could go back and do it all over again, honestly, I would probably make neuroscience my major because it's fascinating. Oh, the power of the brain, how it can recreate and rewire itself it takes some work, it's not easy um, But it can rewire itself and, and produce new neural paths for you Even though through our trauma that we experience And certain neural paths are altered and thrown off We can go through techniques such as that That's why some of the tools that maybe your therapist may give you Just try it Your Your willingness to be consistent with those tools Help create new paths And so you move from this kind of um, mindset to to where it's a set mindset, (laughs) you know, uh, that sounded weird, set mindset, Eh, that sounded weird. You're you're wanting to produce what I'm trying to say is a growth mindset, that you're open to growth and you're allowing those new pathways to be structured for your brain. Um, And those techniques and tools are utilized to basically redirect you. You may be constantly maybe thinking of something that then elevates anxiety. You use a tool such as that, it redirects your thought processes that then chemically in your body produces maybe joy. Like you're saying, it creates gratitude of things that you probably have overlooked because your mind was focused on the things that then escalate the fear factors and the hesitancies and all those things that make our anxiety go boo-boo-boo. You know, and then you redirect and think of those wonderful things, and then it levels us, us, levels us back out, and balances. But then it also creates those new paths for you, and you will find yourself not being as anxious because you now have redirected some things um, chemically and um, from neural um, aspects and your neuroplasticity aspects yeah. of your brain. So yeah, yes. it, it scientifically works. It's powerful. Uh, as I mentioned, I want to say it again. It's not easy. It does take work. So I want people to understand the uh, importance of working with a therapist, but then also being consistent with it, not being as hard on yourself. Because we as humans are so hard on ourselves. Not being hard on ourselves. Give ourselves mm-hmm. grace to continue the process if it doesn't work the first time I just continue that and be patient with it and it's not going to be an overnight process so for example the person I utilized who who was 35 years old in the session and it's their first session all of that work and trauma and encounters and life experiences that they've had in 30 years three sessions probably is not going to fix that 35 years worth of plaque that has built up. <laughs> I'm going back to my analogy, right? Like the dentist analogy, like plaque for 30 years, like you're going to probably go back a few times for them to get all of that off. Same thing with counseling. If you haven't been and it's 30 years of issues and, and all those unspoken, undealt with matters Give yourself grace, give yourself patience, give yourself time to just be consistent, find you a good person that you connect with. And that's another note that I want for people. Just because you go to one counselor and maybe you all don't have a good fit. Don't leave the process because you do have to find someone that's a good fit. I'm not a good fit for everybody and I tell people that from the first visit it doesn't mean that I'm less than a professional it doesn't mean that you're a bad client it means that we maybe just don't connect well maybe on a personality level and you have to probably get with someone who does fit for you that is important Mm -hmm. Um, and then remain consistent with the work that you need to do because it is work and it's not easy but you'll thank yourself like your your future self will be like thank you so much for doing that.
0: <laughs> it comes it becomes second nature. You know, there's there's things that I still, you know, I'm I'm not um talking with a therapist at this moment. That's um, nice. you know, but there are th- things that are now intertwined in my life that were not prior to that that continue to help keep me in a good headspace, especially Absolutely. there's been some things um recently, um, you know, and so it's helping me make sure that I'm staying positive, um, you know, and glass half full. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get through this. Um, so it really does work. Um, so the homework that the therapist gives you, it is just as important as your session. Um, and I promise if you stick with it, it, it will work because it's worked for me. I, I truly know. And you're right.
1: You well, know, witness- not ever.
0: Yes. Yes. And not everybody is a good fit. I, I can admit too, you know, in my past I've had, I've had multiple, you know, and the, the last one was the one that really was a click for me. She's retired now, um, but she was a click for me and um, it really worked. And that's when I started putting in the work, um, yeah. you know, before that I, I was not. So it, it took that click, um, mm-hmm. you know, that connection with her right. and um, she met me where I was and she was understanding and she listened. You know, you mentioned that piece and that's truly important because we can hear what people are saying, but are we truly listening? Are we trying to fix the problem for them? You know, uh, I-, I can admit I'm guilty of that. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be a fixer all the time and it's like, whoa, you know, they need to work through this. I don't need to come in, swoop in and fix it. You know, they need to to figure this out so that they can be elevated um instead of me fixing all the time or that's right trying to. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But um, you know, is there any upcoming events you have or anything that you would like um those listeners to be aware of?
1: Yes. I do want to mention we're the month of love. February. And every single February is our annual fundraiser. Um, So individuals who desire to maybe partner or to sow into um, the services that we offer for teens and families at modest means to no cost, you can visit our website and and just learn more about us or have questions. Please send us questions so that we can answer those and give more um, detail of where these funds go um, to assist our community it's some right back into the community Um, but i did want to maybe just mention that so people can have an opportunity uh, to share the love and follow their heart i think that's important too i believe when people follow their heart that's when we get the most work done that is the lasting impact um, because it's genuinely from the heart um, so I would ask people to just kind of maybe check us out. Our website is olive tree or dot com, either one, but olive tree partner, because our goal is to partner with our community and meet the needs social
0: service wise. Awesome, love that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Those of you, you listening, For, me, for yes. sharing. Let me share that. Yeah, yes, that. absolutely. Those of you listening, I'd love to hear your thoughts and experience on these topics. April, if you'd like to share with the audience how they can connect with you.
1: Yes. Um, The best way is probably through our website, olive treepartner.org or olive treepartner.com. We are on Facebook, Olive Tree Resources. You can also follow us on Instagram. Um, I would say Facebook is probably our most interactive um, social media platform. If you would love to join our page and just to stay up to date with services that we offer and share them um, and join them as needed uh, is our uh, desire for individuals.
0: Details on how to connect with April will be in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more insightful Mm -hmm. discussions. Thank you for joining us on Balance and Bottom Lines with Rebecca. Remember, the balance between personal well-being and professional success is key. Stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, keep striving for excellence in both your personal and professional life. Thank you so much, April.
1: Thank you.